You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John, and welcome to the first episode of Album 74, Buckle Up. That's right, the first episode dropped yesterday, and we're going to talk about it. So, we hope you all... Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the episode yet, now's your time to back out, because we're going to talk about it in great detail. Game night. Connie invites... A, there's not really a great description on the wiki, so I'm just going to make one up. Connie invites Jason, Jillian, Wit, Wooten, and Penny over for a game night, and things don't go quite as planned. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I liked the tone of this episode a lot. Yes. I want more like this. This feels very classic Odyssey. The characters getting into hijinks sort of stuff. Yes. And I, I, yes, I totally agree. I thought the comedy was really good. I like that we brought back the element of wit being super good at games when Jason was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> because they mentioned hide and seek was a nightmare at one point. So I like how that kind of extends to everything. Uh, I appreciate Flighty Jillian, although we don't get to see her a lot, is not as not adult functioning as she was in 28 Hours. Yeah. That's true. I feel like, okay. We can go, let's kind of go out this between like the four groups because there's kind of four things going on in this episode. Yes. Which may be a little too much. For a 22 minute or yes. Well, right. I actually was going to say, I feel like this episode, I don't think it would have been necessarily good as a two-parter, but you have so many plot lines that never really get resolved. And maybe that's part like of they, the point. Yeah. I mean, they bring up a lot of funny stuff. Like, yeah. It's like really funny, but it's like the ant plot line doesn't really end. They just get like, Penny gets upset. <laughs> Yes. Like they they get like things are better by with them by the end. There's the whole thing about like the competitive streak. Yes. And I wish we could have seen more of that. Yeah, which I will say this. Ha- has there not been in 950 episodes of Odyssey wit playing a game? <laughs> I guess not. No, there no, has he, to be some Oh, he and Connie played checkers. I do remember that. Was wasn't he a little competitive or I can't remember. Right. So from what it sound from what I remember, he and Connie were pretty evenly matched, as I recall. So maybe they actually are a good team in that regard. But the whole thing was Connie and Wit got into an argument about checkers, and Wit implied Connie was a snob, so Connie said, Fine, I'll play checkers, and then kept losing. <laughs> so that's funny. I mean, so I guess some evidence. I I did just I did just find that funny. But okay. Oh, speaking of losing at board games with checkered boards, if you haven't been reading the comics, uh, a head canon of mine has uh, now been confirmed. Well, we can go over that another, when we go over the. Yes. We can go over the, we can go over that in the news roundup. But if you know what I'm talking about with Bernard, anyway, continue. Okay. So I think the Jillian Jason stuff was really good. It is weird. They don't at ever the whole time mention officer, the officer. What is it? Burke. Burke. I was going to say Buck. And I was like, I know it's not Buck. Uh, it, it, Cause it's clear they're going for that romantic feel. <laughs> like they just dropped that. Like she apparently was dating someone else. 
Yes. I mean, maybe they didn't drop it, per se, but it wasn't important to the episode. <laughs> yeah. Because Connie doesn't try to set them up, either, so... Yeah. But I, I, I think it, it's it's their little interactions are funny of Jason wanting to violate national security, which is cute, but also very clearly, like, I don't think Jason as a character would do that. Well, beat his dad, because unfortunately, I've been both Jason and Wit in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Where I would 100% ask someone if they could violate national security if it meant we could win at trivia. Yeah, I guess, I guess he could since it's his dad, and I guess everyone there knows but Penny and Wooten. Yes, um, which I don't what was the reason Penny was on the phone because Kimmy Roberts doesn't have a great recording set up at home. So they were hoping okay. by having the Yeah, go ahead. No, you're getting a little ahead of each other, but I was gonna bring that up. Because here's the thing. I did wonder yeah is this because she couldn't get to a recording studio or something with covid or she was busy but i will say it's a very funny bit i feel like yes penny on the phone screaming about the ant is very well done yeah so, I, so if, if it was like we have to get around this i think it's pretty funny I would agree. Uh, to go back to where we were... Oh, very beginning of the episode, they bring back the character saying, Hi, this is so-and-so. And I was wondering, have they pitched Katie Lee's voice up at all? Maybe, you mean at the very beginning or the end? Well, both, actually. Well, at the beginning, it was Connie. And that's what kind of, like, shook me. Because I'm like, that's a very... It may have been re-recorded, but, like, it's, like... That's a very, like, classic Odyssey bit to be like, Hey, like, are you ready for an adventure? It feels like right. we have not gotten that... Right. Probably it, it, have, pro it's probably happened recently, but, like, it feels like it's been a while. Or, like, it doesn't right. happen often. It feels like something they're trying to phase back in. Because, also, I'm bouncing back and forth listening to the older episodes as well. And Connie's voice just sounds... And I get it's been 20 years. But, I'm like, th that sounded not just like it's been 20 years, but they physically pitched it up in editing. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, this had a very classic Odyssey feel. Yes. Yeah, so this episode feels like it has a classic Odyssey vibe. You know, I think, like, the little competitive story, I think, like, all some kind of, like, zany sort of stuff happened. Uh, let me say this, though. I think this is a very good episode. I want more episodes like this. There were a few things I think overall were a little weird. Yes. With it. Um, I think... At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 
21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Wit gets uncharacteristically a little angry at them for asking about the thing. Like when he finds, it's like some kids were doing an experiment and it hit me in the eye or like in the face well, or something. So I agree. That was a little bit of a burst. He might've been trying to respect Connie's rules. He might've been a little embarrassed and didn't really want to talk about it. And, you know, they were being maybe a little more aggressive than they needed to be. I think if it had been something a little more embarrassing, I would have bought it a little more. I guess that's true. What would have been like, more? Oh, a kid did something dumb. It's like uh, that's not, uh, you know. That probably happens at wit's end all the time. I do feel like, and I, I mentioned this briefly, that a lot of the storylines feel a little, um, like they don't have a lot of conclusions. Like, okay. The storyline is really Connie's and you can kind of sense that because Connie's having these real weird rules and clearly like that's where the end of the story is going to reach is something with the rules. Right. Well, I also thought maybe part of that was we've just come off 28 hours and Connie just wants to be away from all of that for a bit because I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, hey, it's okay to have an event where you don't talk about the stresses in your life. Well, except it's it's weird the extent she goes on about it. Like if if it had come, and I, it's like a kind of a little zany Odyssey idea to have like the pre-established rules. Yes, but I, I think the thing is going to like like saying, "Beater, can we not like talk about this like like stressful things? Let's just have a fun night." And that's kind of how it got brought up. Would feel a little more natural, but it's clearly like building up. Like you know, people are there for you. Like you can like rely on people and like have community with each other that can like help us through our difficult times. Yes, but it is just weird because I think the competitive stuff is like way more interesting. Like the competitive stuff and the stuff with Connie and Penny is like more engaging and fun and is more at the forefront for like 70% of this episode. Yes. And so, so the conclusion is just like, Oh, we don't need to worry about that stuff. Let's just all have fun together, which isn't bad, but it's just a little like, it's like, right. I wish it would have at least been resolved. Like them talking, like we're good. Everything's okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe what they could have done is Connie invites a boy she met on a dating app, and it turns out to be some government agent, so Jason and Jillian have to do some spies in disguise stuff. Well, but I don't even think I needed that. I, I'll say this, though. I, I can sympathize with Connie that it was a rough week. I think the car damages is something that's like, yeah, that's like that, because the, the episode gets real, kind of real at the end. Yes, and, and that's a hard damage. Yeah, keep going. Like the 
the thing with the car, the thing with Jules. I'm like, yeah, that's like really heavy. But then they kind of go for this joke of Dreams by Constance, which hasn't been mentioned, I think, in a while. Right. Oh, so like, this probably is... years. So I just want to let everyone know this because you should go buy these on Katie Lee's website. She sells Connie's candles, which are honestly scented candles. But I loved that because it feels like a business she would make up on the show. Yeah, that actually does feel like a business she'd make up on the show. My issue, though, is they go for this totally zany, like, I got a bad review, not because of anything, like, like actually, like, yeah, this makes sense, like, why she'd be frustrated at this, but it's like, I put the wrong address on the invitations, so half the guests ended up at the pet store. Like, that's really bad if you actually did do that. Like, that's awful as a business like a wedding business to do that and so it kind of took me a little bit out of sympathizing it's like right you would get a bad review for doing that because that's like really like bad of a mess up i mean i guess like the wedding people should have checked that the invitations had that but like right i think theoretically that wouldn't happen because you'd send the invitation and like they'd look at the invitation and be like, oh, right, like that's the wrong address. But like it's it, presumably it's not even the number. It maybe have been the street. It's not like a number or two off. It seems like it's a completely different reality to be right. at like a church or like a event space to a pet store. And so I feel like because there is this kind of classic, like, zany odyssey, and then it takes a serious twist that, like, Connie's in, like, a bad, like, emotional state. Yes. But then they kind of pull this thing where it's, like, they wanted to go for the joke, like, kind of the the kitty joke that kids will be like, oh, that's really funny. But I'm as an adult, because like, you give two really kind of adult, like, heavy examples, and you could have given a more, like, zany sample, like, I dropped the cake, or, like, uh, like I fell in a cake, or something. Not, right. not necessarily the wedding cake, but, like, I made a, and I was making a cake for today, and, like, I dropped it, and Woody could have been like, also, I'll, I'll eat drop cake. Like, that could have been funny. Right. Like, that would have been a good laugh, but you would have been like, yeah, that does, like, that really, like, feels bad to have dropped a right. cake. I'm well, because dropping the cake makes a few things. Right. Say, dropping a cake's a good breaking point, so. Yeah. And, and so, to me, it felt just a little bit like, because they, it, it, if the ending had been a little more zany, but they get, like, real serious. Yes. Like, Connie's, like, clearly sad. And, like, they got, and Connie's, like, it's been, hard, like, a hard week for me. And they're, like, doing these serious things. Like, yeah, I, I, like, hear that. Like, expensive car payments. Like, stuff with, like, helping your, like, half-sister, like, doing this studying stuff and helping her through her issues. And it's, like, and then in the business I ran, I made this horrible mistake. And it, But it's not, like, even a real mistake. If it had been, like, something, like, almost beyond her control or, like, a reasonable mistake. And maybe they think, like, the address, but then they, like, kick into, like, like, oh, so half the guests showed up at the pet store. I'm a little bit, like, mm. Right. Maybe if it had been, I got the address wrong by one number, so suddenly poor Mrs. Johnston was overrun with wedding guests. Like, oh, it's the house next door to the church. Something a little less... 
<laughs> yeah, it's just like they clearly were going for the joke with the pet store. And I think there it undermines the scene a little bit because it's so ridiculous. I would agree. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, that's awful. I would feel awful if that happened. But also, like, as an audience member, I'm a little bit like, that seems like a little over the top. Yeah. I I would agree. Uh, And this brings me to my next point. It ends a little abruptly. Yeah, that's why I mean, like, they could have had a little more to the episode, but I feel like they're like, we gotta wrap it up. Right, it's not like there's much to resolve, but Connie goes into the corner, has a good laugh of her friends, and then Chris comes on and gives the message. And I'm not entirely sure I know what the message is. I get it's supposed to be, you know, be there when your friends need help, and I guess I appreciate they don't imply it's nag your friends until they tell you what's wrong. So. Well, I liked the perspective of the episode. I actually thought it was like a good kind of direction to go with it. Like, I think it's an interesting concept of like, you can rely on your friends. Like, like you don't have to necessarily keep stuff from them. Like your friends, if you have good friends, they're there for you and can help like raise your spirits. Like you don't have to say like, we can't share our problems because like part of friendship is sharing the problems. I do think there's a lot going on in the episode, but I think that's the vibe they're going for. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I would agree. There was one other favorite part I wanted to mention is Wooten and Penny playing... What what game would we call that? The word association game? Shrades. I have the town not, game. The ta- something like that. And, you know, we all strive for that relationship in life. Unfortunately, I found out when you put your looking for the Penny to my Wooten on your dating app, nobody gets it. <laughs> but people can say they're looking for the Pam to their gym all they want. Yeah. Sorry. My though. my saltiness about how much I hate the office is a whole other thing. It's not it's not for that eight to twelve audience. Be quiet. Okay. So any final thoughts on the episode? I think it's good. Like I want them to do more episodes like this. I just think there's a few things in it that I'm a little bit like, and eh, that didn't quite land, but I think it's good episode overall. I agree. I like, this is also the first time in a long time we have an episode where it feels like the adult characters genuinely being friends with each other and not just kind of being around each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was good. Uh, <laughs> where was Jules? <laughs> It is. Maybe Jules is out on a date with Buck. Oh, that's and true. The next episode's going to confirm they're dating. <laughs> that's very possible. But no, what if episode. they had dropped it this episode? Connie's just like, oh, where's Jules? Oh, she's on a date with Buck. Huh? That would have been so funny. I kind of wish. I under. I wonder if in an original script for this, if Eugene was here. Yeah. Like, I oh, wonder maybe. if it would have been Eugene instead of Wit, or, like, Eugene... Probably not Eugene instead of Wit, but if Eugene would have been there, or it would have been Eugene instead of Wooten. I don't know. Maybe. But I will... Because it was actually nice to see Wooten and Penny together again, together again because I don't yeah. really feel like they've done an episode together in a while. It It feels bad to me, because I feel like... 
I do miss like that classic Eugene dynamic, and I feel like you what we would have gotten in this episode. Yes, like Eugene's been pretty serious lately. Like Eugene's a little zany, like freaking out sort of stuff. I would agree with that. Has been gone for a while, and it would have been nice to see it, but obviously, like right past and that can happen but yeah so we, we will see but that wraps it up we'll see you next week for the next episode i don't actually know if they've said what it's going to be and then we'll have an episode live from munich uh, let me let me say this just for so the audience knows the episode will not be live and we probably will not record an episode in munich i mean but what if it's a banger look <laughs> If there's a blizzard or it's snowed in the hotel, maybe. We'll just do it on the train. The train? That's going to be horrible for the sound. People already complain about our sound. That's true. We don't need European rail in the background. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll see you for our next episode, which will be posted shortly after this one. I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John. We've got our second episode of Album 74, Renee Renewed, which has some very controversial things in it. So let's get to it. When Renee helps Horace out using some of Mr. Whitaker's technology, things get dicey. So, yeah, I think the obvious thing to talk about here is that it seems like referencing Novacom. Yes. Or some Novacom-esque thing coming back. They even kind of, they re- they directly reference Novacom here. I guess not a direct reference, but imply, like, something like this happened, like, a while ago. Yes, and I actually appreciate that Renee read about it, so it's not this weird secret. Because if Novacom tried to take over the world, I think everybody would kind of know about it. Yeah. And... Yeah, like, there'd be some knowledge, at least locally, that it definitely happened. At least nationally, it's like, this organization was found to be, like, running, like, some weird experience. Like, nationally, they probably have some awareness of this company was, like, trying to, like, do this big plot. They probably don't know how close it was to actually happening. Right. You know? I'll say this, though. So, obviously, like, the technology that's being used here is this thing that can directly, like, change a person's personality. Yes. Okay, so there's a lot of things to talk about that. Like, with that, I'll say this. It, it, it kind of goes to, like, Renee being like, what could possibly be wrong with this? Like, Novacom. Like, a, a more, like, subtle kind of, like, thing. Like, it's, like, you know, like, obviously, I think, like, it's way more complicated than they talk about. It's like, you know, you can do brainwaves to radio waves, what about the reverse, radio waves to brain waves, which is, like, you know, bad, like, obviously bad, but, like, the idea that it's, like, oh, directly change a person's personality without giving a lot of, like, a lot of, like, setup to, like, any, like, even, like, simple explanation for that. Yeah, I mean, they, they make up all this jargon about it, and maybe it is real, it was very interesting, one, the steamy scene between Horace and Renee. I know, that was weird. Yes, it really was. Weird. Yes, I was very uncomfortable, that whole scene. Yeah. And then, because I thought, oh, maybe when Horace uses it, it's a placebo effect because he thinks the machine's affecting him. When they try it on Trey, it won't work. 
Yeah. Which actually could have been an interesting place to take it. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's such a, like, it's almost, like, it's it's an incredibly impressive piece of tech, but this guy's just randomly making it. Like, I, I like we know Horace. Yes, we do. A little bit. But there's no indication that he's, like... A savant. That, yeah, like, that he could create something like that. Like, that's so incredibly, like, whoa. Like, right, this is basically, like, something that I'm sure people around the world are working on. And it's like, oh, we just need to put a little bit of Mr. Whitaker's code into this, and then it works perfectly. It is another one of those episodes that, oh, the Imagination Station has a lot of weird technology in it. I mean, here's the thing. It's a really interesting setup to where, like, um, it's a really interesting setup of, like, where it can go. Like, I think it is, like, it's, like, Novacom, but even with higher stakes. Because instead of, like, it being subtle, it's, like, not even subtle at all. Yes. But it's even, like, kind of, like, the technology that's being used, in, like, in the Jason, like, in the three or four-parter. Or the, the whole tw- after. Yeah, 28 hours. The whole nanobots controlling Jason's mind. Right. Like, it's all basically, like, no, any of, like, the... Nova, Novacom's coming back with a vengeance, and they're not gonna, like... They're not being subtle. They're just going right. flat-out mind control this time. I mean, maybe that's the way to do it. I will be curious to see if that's true, because... The one thing about the original Novacom, it's a great saga. It's a little long, and you can tell they didn't 100% know where they were going to finish. Yeah. And I do hope maybe this time they've got a slightly more mapped out plan. Yeah. And I think it... So, And let's kind of go to Renee's, like, personality slash actions in this episode. Well, first, did you listen to the Renee recap they very nicely gave us on the club? I did not. So what I it was just a quick recap of the episode she's been in. What I loved about it is it's on the club. Assuming yeah. assumedly because Renee is a club only character, so when people buy the CDs, they can hear this and know who Renee is. However, it's very weird to hear it on the club. Yeah, that makes sense. But it it does make sense to like put it in there being like this is like the past stuff. Do you think they'll ever like release in stores like just a big club bundle? I don't know. Maybe if they discontinue the club, but I cannot imagine a scenario where they do that. But I'm also, I will say, because I posted a screen cap of part of one of the comics to our Instagram story just to make a joke about it. And I got some pretty heated messages from people like, this is exclusive content. Not everyone has the club. Da, 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 da. So I guess there's more people who don't have the club than we thought, or everyone was just being kind of uh, overprotective. If I was on the family, told me to take it down, I would. But yeah, so. So let me say this. There is, like, a sense of entitlement. Not, I shouldn't say entitlement. I do think there, and not not in, like, exclusively Adventures and Odyssey thing, but, like, people being like, no, this is, like, exclusive content that I'm paying for. Other people shouldn't be getting it. Yeah, because presumably if you're post, like, I mean, presumably, Focus, as long as you're not posting the whole comic, probably wouldn't mind you posting that, because if there are non-club subscribers, they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, l- like, like i want to read this like i didn't know this was on the club oh yeah you know so like that's like probably like decent advertising for as long as you're not posting like screen by screen all the comics absolutely um so 
you know, I may I may get some flack for this from people that's like, oh, John, you play this, but I, I I'll play a little Fortnite sometimes. You know, and sometimes they'll bring back a skin or something that was like considered exclusive or like something that's like similar and like people online freak out like how dare you like this was exclusive like i wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't if it was like so there's just a, a thing where be like no you can't share this content the content is only for like the paying people the people who had it first so i feel like that's kind of the case but i do think it's good that you know i i do wonder if they would do like a renee saga like album you see I would like do that. Store album. Yeah. yeah. Because it, if you listen to this episode, it's like all the greatest hits of Renee are brought up in one episode. So it's real. So the recap helps because it's Robot Dog, The Professor, and all the stuff she's doing with the Imagination Station. Yeah. Like, I wonder if this was supposed to be a club episode at one point, but graduated after the Eugene stuff happened. Yeah. I mean, really quick before we go to Renee, it's almost weird. Because they reference Eugene, like, two or three times in this episode. And I don't know if they're doing that to, like, explain, like, why he's gone. But even, like, with, um, who's who's the kid they use it on? Trey. Trey. Like, says, like, they call me, like, mini Eugene or, like, little Eugene or something with how he talks. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting considering Will Ryan's passing. Like, they're trying to, like play it up to be like oh eugene's busy at the college and to explain why he's not there yes so i i assume that means eugene will return in some capacity at some point yeah that's that's what i'm gathering too because one buck's still a major player and two i feel like they would have just they would have just never mentioned him again if they didn't have any plans yeah, that's the thing. I think we would get really like silence, and then there's suddenly like an episode where he they like they like say what happens. Yeah, I mean, I just hope it isn't during this Novacom 2.0. Oh no, a building in the college exploded. Eugene was in there. Dad. Exactly. I mean, like, or or suddenly Eugene's going off to Africa to see his brother and father, and like yes. Katrina stays with Buck. I mean, that could happen. It could happen. It's not the worst, actually, idea they could do. But here's the thing with Renee. Like, Renee, like, there's whole things about, like, ethics, like, you know, like, philosophy that they've talked about with Renee. And Renee was very much against, like, you know, like, that professor, like, messing with, like, her, like, artificially created, like, civilization. Yeah. And so it feels weird that she sees no issue. Like she, like, she's like, oh, all the positive effects. Like they're like, it could help like people like Trey or like help like people like to achieve things they may not be able to do normally. But like the fact she can't see like the horrible, like also possible ramifications of essentially changing people's personalities with a machine. Yes. Does seem a little bit like what, what? Right. And actually, how do I want to? describe this i do kind of give the writers credit for showing no downsides to using the machine like you know effects wise so it's like oh you could sort of see how renee is maybe well like people's brains aren't exploding so so i I give them credit for not like showing this big obvious medical downside to it i do agree it's a little i don't want to say it's out of character for renee because she even says i acted like that doctor a bit and you know yeah. wit and we'll get to wit in a minute but yeah. right i would say this if i was a kid who was only listening to the albums although i think 
a year of the club might be cheaper than both of the albums they release every year, but that could just be, I could be mathing that out wrong. Uh, and I just heard this Renee episode for the first time. I would think Renee's a pretty bad character. Yeah. That's, I think that's, I think part of it is like, it really feels like they've been building up Renee's weekly character and she has like a little redemption at the end, but it's like, Whoa, like that's like pretty intense. It's like, it's like if you hadn't heard an episode with Connie and suddenly it was the episode about giving money. Yes. And suddenly the character, almost for the sake of, like, the plot, is suddenly, like, doing something, like, so, like, outside of their, like, kind of what we've expected of them. And people can do that, but it's just interesting. I totally agree. I I will say this. I think they wanted this episode a little too much to reflect applesauce. A little bit, yes. Because they're talking about, like, oh, this was such a breach of trust. Like, they're really like, like, you breached my trust, like, you violated what I wanted you to do. And right. it's a little bit, like, in a way, like, but, like, I don't, I don't think, like, in many situations, I guess, like, it is kind, it is stealing to an extent, but we'll get to an aspect of that in a second, like, to take the code. But I also feel like in most situations, I mean, it would have been nice to ask. But I guess, like, I think it more had to do with, like, the ethical implications. Like, if if he had taken Wit's code and put it in something that was, like, not as, like, scary. Right. No, I I, can't imagine Mr. Whitaker would have really minded that much. That is true. But this goes back to something that we've definitely brought up before. uh, Because I just listened to Wayland in the Windy City for an episode we're going to record. And, you know, they wipe that computer of government secrets. Wit deletes applesauce. And Blackard briefly mentioned the darkness poured on, you know, Whitaker has destroyed so many government programs in the past. Yeah. All I'm saying is maybe we're also going to get a little bit of a storyline about Wit maybe didn't do the right thing in those situations. I mean, if they did that, you know, I, I give them credit, but I also feel like that's so far in the past yeah. For some of it that I, I wonder if they would do that. I mean, here's the thing. I think Wits is right to be... I think the... Soliciting kids for kind of dangerous technological experiments in his store is a little more upsetting. Even though, like, they do, like, try to, like... I think they did this to make Renee not seem like a complete, like, crazy evil person. It's like, well, we got his parents' permission... Exactly. Although his dad's a brain surgeon. Right. It's like, it's like someone wrote it probably with like, otherwise, like maybe they just walked up to Trey. Like, hey, do you want to try this thing? Then they're like, you can't, like, you needed to get the parents permission. And like, that was added later. Because I think Wit being more upset would make more sense if it was like, they like looked for kids in Wit's End instead of just like meeting in Wit's End. Yes, but I, I would say the one thing is, Renee and Horace is there. He should know that should be in a way more controlled environment than Wits End. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I Here's the thing. I think Wit has a right to be upset. I think yes, they I, I agree. Leaned, I, I want to make that clear. I think what Renee did was really bad and is really, like, kind of iffy, like, a really, like, questionable thing and to, like, Right. I think they just lean a little too much on the aspect that 
like I feel like they were going hard for the applesauce vibes, like it was a violation of trust. And I okay, here's here's the problem. And let let me just get into this right now. They talk, you know, I'm in law school. They talked a little bit about IP law in this episode. Like, oh, like he probably has a patent on it. Actually, my assumption is Wit doesn't have a patent on his technology. That's very possible. Because then he has to reveal his technology. Because in the past, he's talked about how, like, he's, like, very, like, iffy. My also guess is Wit doesn't make their his employees sign, like, non-disclosure agreements. Sounds about right. This is from the pure legal aspect. I think in terms of, like, it probably is a breach of his own trust to steal this thing without asking him. However, I also will say this. As far as I can tell, he, she just took the code, right? Yes. This is my own little nitpick. Technically, everyone, code is under copyright law, not under patent law. And copyright law, she's like, I could probably like change it around a little bit. It's like, yeah, you really could because like, and also because of a recent Supreme Court decision, Oracle v. Google, it's actually really easy to take like underlying pieces of code and like say that and like even beat for beat and say it's fair use. Yes. So I don't expect the Odyssey writers to go out, out about that, but I'm like clearly, like purely from like a law standpoint, like she probably was fine to probably use that, like the little bits of code she used. However, I get from a trust standpoint, we would be upset, but I think it's also like the reason he's the most upset is what it was being used for. Is this really like kind of scary technology? Yes, I would agree. And I just think they, they went really hard on the trust thing when it's more like, I feel like the episode would have been more to be like, considering like the bounds of like humanity. That's a good point. And bring in uh, like some of this philosophy stuff in where it's like the trust issue is definitely a thing, but I don't know. I felt like you're trying really hard for the applesauce vibes here. I don't disagree. And to go into some non-legal story related stuff, there was part of me that was surprised they wrapped it all up in one episode. I thought maybe Renee would leave and then something happens to Trey or the fake code fries his brain or something. Well, right. And that's why I also think it's more about like, being your own person is should is more the moral because trey and like renee like figuring out the problem comes from that being like it's not really me like i want to yeah. be my own person agreed now i will say because wit finds out about the virtual dog and doesn't say to renee renee you've got a great money making invention right there <laughs> that would be funny but i mean i think there's also other ish like questions of like reviving your dog is like a computer ai essentially <laughs> I mean, I almost, I'll say this, and I, Trey alludes to it, like, Renee, he's like, why do you think, like, I needed this thing to talk, like, better? It is true. Like, it's like, yeah, it is a huge insult, because she's like, I know exactly who we can go to, who well, wants to change his personality. Right, and I will say this. I appreciate it was Trey, and they didn't, like, go to Jay or Vance or somebody to try to make them behave. Well, because they needed someone who could realistically, like, be like, yeah, he wouldn't want to use this technology. And That's you know good... Jay would use it to try to, like, go all suave with Zoe. Well, he does, no, Jay does that all the time, and Zoe just doesn't go for it. Yeah, but maybe it would actually be effective. That's a good point. Let me say, I, I've, I've made points about this episode. I actually think this is an interesting episode i think it's just 
I think it actually would have been better as a two-parter. Like, explain I, some of the underlying technology. Maybe explain, like, some of the more issues with Trey. Yeah, let the Wit, let Renee thing breathe. Because I actually thought that first scene where Wit's telling her no was something she was doing in the Imagination Station to walk through it. Yeah, like, have, like, the end of the first part be, like, Wit being, like, I, I can't believe you did this. Right. And then, more like... And the the cliffhanger's like I'm not gonna take the inter- like the the I'm not gonna keep being at wit's end. I'm surprised Wit let her stay at wit's end, honestly, because the experimenting on kids part. Right. It, I guess like that's why they did the parent thing to be like, well, she did have the parents' permission, and I didn't like explicitly say that, but it is like wit is. I you can tell wit's like hurt. Yes, and I think that's why if Connie had been in this episode, they could have had a scene where they talk about the events of Applesauce, but that's just me. Uh, yeah. So I do I do also want to mention, much like last week where I feel like they wrapped up too quickly, Horace disappears once I Renee comes clean to wit. So, I mean, maybe Horace is going to be like a bad-ish guy in this whole thing of like pursuing this. Well, and that's what I wondered. If this is really Novacom round two, is Horace going to be maybe not like the villain, but somebody who sides with somebody at Campbell County College who's working with Novacom and gives them the technology? I'm just saying there could have been a quick postlude where we see an angry Horace and he's starting to talk to somebody or something. I could see it something like a Richard Maxwell-esque thing where it's like he being like, I mean, Richard Maxwell did bad things and like Horace may do bad things. But, like, in the end, he, like, comes around. Yes. Right, because it could be someone, like, wants to get Wits technology, and this guy has a working thing that's really close to what they want that implements Wits code, and there's going to be, like, an, a moral episode with Horace where Horace is like, should I give it? Like, isn't this stolen? And maybe then they bring up the IP copyright fair use law. <laughs> And it's like, it's actually not tech. It's actually okay to use this. Here's the Google v. Oracle Supreme Court decision that says it's okay. Oh, my gosh. Now, if they were to, like, can they please pull out that lawyer from the Rodney Falls Through the Glass Ceiling episode? That would be hilarious. So, but yeah, I just, like, they don't need to, like, wrap up Horace's story. I just would have, like, one more scene with him, even if it doesn't have any bearing on anything. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think it's an intriguing episode if it if there's more to this. It's actually, like, a decent little setup. And I'm glad they didn't have Renee necessarily be, like, evil after this part. But I think they could have had this be two parts. But also at the same time, like, I just feel like they make Renee's character very different from how she kind of has been. Yes, I actually thought they got a new voice actor because she had less of a Scottish accent, and it is the same voice actor, so I don't know what happened there, but... I wonder if they told her to tone it down for the non-club episode. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Our uneducated non-club fans won't be able to understand. Not, we, that... lo- we, love, we love our club and non-club listeners equally. Like, yeah. yes. don't, don't worry. Yes, I pay for and Netflix with I... ads, so I get it. I don't... I don't... And, Going back, I, I said the entitlement thing. Not that I think club fans are entitled, but I get, like, the thing of being, like, isn't this exclusive content? Like, I understand that. But I also think posting one image of one comic isn't... Correct. Okay, so quick final thoughts on the episode, and if this is Novacom 2.0, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think you have an episode. If you do it, I mean, you have to combine like different things. I mean, I think having someone out of a college, I mean, didn't Novacom technically start out of a college program? Because like Eugene was doing like experiments at the college. Yes. My only thing is if Novacom's really going to try again, they need to have a believable reason for why they do it again in Odyssey. What if the evil professor actually we was revealed to have been involved in the original like directly involved with Novacom the first time that feels like something they do which could be interesting to like bring it forth like why is it happening in odyssey again that this guy's like kind of like a a linchpin in a lot of this i think that professor could come back i think horace could definitely play a part in it i think it's it's gonna start with like him selling the technology like horace or like someone getting or selling that like technology to a company and then it's revealed that it's either it's essentially the novacom 2.0 company yes i mean they already mentioned nova plus is a thing in one of the comics but i would also say whatever what no say what you're gonna say i also think whatever's going on with and i've said this before emily Bori, susu and trey and the eventual team is gonna wind up playing back into this yeah. No, I think there's a, there's a lot of really interesting pieces, especially, like, because you have a lot of, like, weird, like, tech investigative, like, government characters. Yes. That you could do something really interesting. I do think it's, like, it's a little less subtle than Novacom talking, but it's also clear they're, like, re, like bringing Novacom stuff back. So it's, like, hard to be subtle when, like, us fans like know that like this is probably where they're going with it or with like aram right just remember the chairman was in the last album i don't think we remember that because he didn't show up in the last episode so yeah no like they're clearly like setting this up and i'm excited like i think this is a good episode to like get people excited about it i just thought there were a few weird like character moments yes so i don't because we've got four episodes left i'm gonna guess none of them are gonna tie back into this novacom stuff whereas i mean maybe like the wooten law one that'd be kind of funny but um that would be funny i i think what i was gonna say uh if i can remember it it had uh Aram, and then I can't just keep going. <laughs> okay, so I mean, for me, if I'm going to do Novacom round two, can we kind of make it like the blacker triplets running everything, so we can like have Richard Maxwell, Mitch, and everybody come in for one big blowout at the end? I I don't know if we need the blacker triplets. I mean, it would be fun to have Richard Maxwell show up again somehow. But yes, so I would, I, let, here, here's what I was going to say. Here's the thing I forgot. I I think it could be very, like, I feel like if it's NovaCon coming back, I mean, the Nova Plus in the comics, but who knows if that's, like, like how canon that is. So someone did text me saying the comics are canon according to the writers, so. Okay. Well, because what I would say is this, is if NovaCon comes back and flat out it is NovaCon again, I mean, I give Odyssey some, like, and they actually deal with, like, like, I could give them some credit if they try to do a nuanced thing of, like, these organizations or people who have done horrible things pretending, like, everything's just okay now. Yes. I kind of doubt they're going to go that deep into it. If they do, I'll give them a lot of credit. If they don't, I also kind of understand them just saying, like, it's Novacom again. And, like, everyone in Wits End is just like, ah, oh, I don't believe them and not get into necessarily that subtlety. 
But like it could be an interesting little episode. Well, what it could be is if Renee's if Renee's graduated to full character, you Wit and Connie and Eugene, if they've replaced him by this point, could all be worried and everybody else is just gonna act like it's okay, but they inherently don't trust Novacom. Yeah. Then Nova I don't know. Plus is a funny idea though. Yeah. But here's the question. What kid has the fall from the tower or Lucy exploding in the imagination station? I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it. I don't know if the Parkers are still in Odyssey. If they want to tie Matthew and Emily's relationship back together. Oh, that could work. Like, that would be a really solid way to do it. If not, I could honestly see it being Jay. If they want to have almost a Jay redemption arc. Maybe. I also thought, you know who needs to be on Wit and Connie's anti-Novacom team? Who? Wyatt. <laughs> Oh, honestly, yeah. Uh, let me say this. I could see it being Maury. Yeah. If if it's to, like, save Emily. Like, I actually think the kid, it's not going to be Emily. But it's going to be someone adjacent to Emily. Either Maury or Matthew seems like the obvious choice. And that, like, repairs Emily's relationship with them. Oh, that could work. But that would be my guess. And yes, I'm aware we're predicting this big odyssey... I don't know, Crisis on Infinite Earths level event? <laughs> Jimmy! Uh, look, I, I am Jimmy's still... Jimmy's here from DC to report on it. <laughs> he wasn't even in the original Novacom. I know. Look, I I still stand by, if they ever replace Wit, I think having some of the old kids come back and run Wit's End is the way to go. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Now, or have Connie run Wit's End, that'd probably be a little... <laughs> I feel like my problem is if they were choreographing Wit leaving, I think they would have already started that by now. That's probably true. Like, I think that would be like a five, like a four to five year. And maybe, I mean, that's how far away we are from the end of this, like Novacom storyline. But that's like, possible. I feel like they would be like setting like the seeds for that really beforehand. Hmm. True, 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 true. I don't, I don't think, I think they have no intention of killing off any major character until, I mean, like, they did Tom, but even, like, Tom, I think, by the point in the series, I wouldn't call him, like, a first-tier character. Yes, I would agree. Like, yeah. Like, I think unless the show ends... Like, unless, or they're like, oh, like, the, we lost, like, Andre Stoika as wit. I mean, they're going, I mean, they might, do, that might happen at some point. Well, right, at some point, but. So, you know. anyway. For all we know, Novacom Round 2 won't happen, and we're just postulating here, but it does kind of feel like, unless they're just doing it for cheap pops, all of the pieces are coming together for it. Yeah, personally, this episode's better if it does result in Novacom happening. I think this episode's, like, because it's, like, I get why, as a character motivation, they would consider, um, 
I understand why as like a character motivation sort of thing, they would have Renee act like this if it's supposed to lead into Novacom and it's supposed to lead into these greater questions. If it's not, and this is just where the episode ends, it's really weird. Yes, because the episode feels like it's a very full 22 minutes and it kind of yeah. feels like it is an, a puzzle piece we have to fill in. Oh, that was the one thing I wanted to mention. Wit knows Renee's going to do this and just takes the plans out of his file, filing cabinet. Yeah, that seems a little a little much. I mean, I guess on one hand, I appreciate this shows how Renee's going to be different from Connie or Eugene, that she's a little more conniving. Yeah. So, so we will see. I'm curious to see where they go with this. I'm interested. It's been two really good episodes, but it's been two episodes that felt like they were bursting at the seams. Yeah, and that's not bad. Like, to say, like, oh, it's like, we're basically saying, like, we wanted more in a way, which is better than saying like this was too long. Oh yeah. But like it's like, yeah, like these are like the it's like these are great ideas. It's like I actually want more of these ideas, you know? Yes, exactly. So I think that's a good place to be. Yeah. All right, so that wraps it up. We will probably post the next episode a little late unless we can figure something out with our vacation. We'll have a new Odyssey episode out for you on Wednesday as normal, but I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John. I know we're a little behind because we had some European-related difficulties, but we're now here for the next episode of Album 74, Buckle Up, Legally Wooten. Wooten discovers that an old friend has stolen one of his comic book creations and is claiming it as his own. Well, you put out some pretty inflammatory response to this episode. Yeah, so I started a semi-dust storm and I said this might be the worst Odyssey episode in a decade. And some people agreed, some people didn't. The people who agreed tend not to like Wooten. And I do like Wooten and I think this was a bad episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a particularly good episode. I wouldn't go so far to say it's one of the worst episodes in recent memory. I think it's a little bit of a clunky episode, more than anything. Like, they had an interesting hook, but, like, there's just, like, a lot of ground they, like, set up that kind of makes the final confrontation or a lot of what happens in it a little bit, like, interesting. I I would agree. So I'm just going to go over my problems and John can respond to them how he likes. So one, happy porpoise is kind of a stupid concept, right? Yeah, I mean, I want to say maybe the writers were like, oh, uh, like, you know, like it was an early idea, you know? Yes. Okay, so I'm actually not going to rail on happy porpoise. So problem number one, Wooten has clearly filed for copyright before. How is he so ignorant as to how the system works? Well, well, so I, you know, as someone in law school and I've done like copyright and trademark stuff, I mean like this, this episode and they say it at one point, I was like, well, they're talking more about trademark there. Then partway through the episode, they switch to like trademark, which are like two separate things. So sometimes that gets a little mixed up. I think the idea was, well, technically, you don't have to file for copyright to get, like, 
you have to file with a copyright to like sue for copyright, but you still technically have a copyright whether you register with the U.S. government or not. Your copyright, but you still probably should as like a good the measure sort of thing. Regardless, um, I think the idea was he just like never used his character, so he never had a reason to copyright him. But it is weird. He comes to the to the arbitration, which is I I will give Odyssey this that they're like, well, this would be like did an arbitration instead of like a uh, court proceeding because right a court proceeding people would be like what what is this like this is weird and like it couldn't be as like informal um I I think he I, I yeah it's it, I think Wooten's supposed to know a little bit but he's like you actually have a copyright he just like didn't think at all that he had to prep for this arbitration I think yes I this moves into my next point about copyright. So Wooten seems to think it's okay to take a character created by another company, even though he had seemingly had permission, and convert them to Christianity. Now, the only reason I know this yeah. is they... Oh. The only reason I know this is they talk about no, no. things like, she doesn't invite Snappy the shark to her birthday party, or whatever the shark's name was. And that seems to be kind of a dig at modern kids shows that have episodes about you don't have to invite toxic people to things if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I guess I'd be interested to see what, like... I mean, are there Captain Absolutely comics right now? There are, aren't there? Not that they're publishing. Okay. For some reason, I thought, like, some exist out there, but... Maybe they do. It, it was a weird response where he's like, oh, this guy stole my copyright, but what I'm really upset about is that he's, like, having him be, like, a bad influence. But then, like, when he talked about it, it w didn't seem like a horrible influence or anything. Right, and maybe that's what bothered me the most. I always hate when these episodes go super, and obviously they're focused on the family media, so they can do what they want. Super, this whole focus on the family, everything needs to include everybody. So that's my biggest issue with the episode, that focus on the family is clearly taking a pot shot at the shows about stopping toxic friendships that they're showing to kids now. And, you know, maybe those shows do have some bad messages, but saying, if you're a Christian, you should include everybody. Now, on one hand, I agree with that, because you never know when someone's going to find Jesus. But on the other hand, I don't think it's wrong to tell a kid if there's a kid who is just bullying you you don't have to invite them to your birthday party right i think it's it's a and this is what i mean by like it's clunky a little bit like because it's like right because he, it, it's like a weird thing where it's like well it's a good character but they're doing things that i wouldn't put as a christian comic and they're not specifically christian and so it's like, a, it, it is a little, like, it's very, like, specific how they're doing it. And I'm kind of like, is, that's like, it's just a weird setup because they want Wooten to seem like the good guy. Where it's like, oh, no, you can keep doing this character, kind of, but, like, you have to do it exactly how I want it. Right. And also, I'll say this. It really depends on, it seems, in fairness, a, like, porpoise that's like a superhero that tends to be happy, you know, probably doesn't fall under copyright. My guess is it's like, like the idea of it doesn't, it's probably like he stole a specific image of the character. Well, 
the episode claims the, the character looks different enough, which I would just like to bring up a Christian bookstore memory that's been locked in everybody's head for years. I had to look up the name of the series. I don't think I had it off the top of my head. Does anyone remember The Kingdom Under the Sea? I don't. It was a CG series of Christian videos about talking fish, all of whom were designed very similarly to a certain Pixar movie. Like, just enough to be legally distinct, but you knew yeah. that's why they made these. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just saying, I think if a better episode might have been Wooten releases Jolly Dolphin as a opposition to it, and the episode... Because they talk about the difference between Dolphin and Porpoise at the beginning, and that's the payoff. Like, you can't sue Wooten because it is different enough. Right. Like, that. that's what was weird, is he suddenly, like, oh, like, it's, like, not... And that's why it's like, it's weird, because then he's more talking about, like, a tarnishment, which is, like, a trademark thing, which is, like... We don't have to go into the specifics of all of that, but kind of going, here's the issue. The episode in itself, it feels like they had a lot of ideas. Personally, I think they should have just started the episode at the arbitration and during the arbitration, like give like a one minute recap of what's going on. It's Instead like of how a there's Brady that Bunch joke. Huh? Instead of a Brady Bunch joke. Well, there's the Brady Bunch joke. Then they also have like a, a Braveheart joke. Oh, yeah, they do. It's like, freedom! Like, first there's the birthday party, which is a weird setup. Then it's like you have to establish that he, like, created this old character and talk about this old character that he created. Then you have this new friend that showed up and, like, have to talk about the relationship with the old friend. Then you have to go to him. He's developing a new comic and how this is, how he's changed, and, like, how the friend's using it in a way that he doesn't particularly like. So now he has to change it to a way he does like. Then the friend sees it. He tries to sue him, which I don't think that suit would particularly work. I mean, maybe, maybe you could get some of, like, for... The copyright, but it's weird because it's, like, not published. So, like, he's a little jumping the gun to some extent on some of this stuff. Yeah. That's beside the point. That's that's the least of my issues. Right. The copyright stuff, there's issues with it. It's not horrible. Like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Then you have the arbitration. And then you have this whole weird little, like, oh, the Christmas ornament thing. Which is, like, takes up, like, a lot of time for her to run and go get it. Yes. Like, and explain exactly what it is and go back. Like, losing arbitration. Then he's like, actually, I'm going to help you out. And then I guess the wraparound of what it was supposed to be, the episode was supposed to be is, like, when is it appropriate to use the law to, like, go after somebody? That was the weirdest thing to me. Because it, like, like Chris's thing at the end is, like, oh, like, talk when it's, like, best to, like, you know, forgive someone or, like, work it out with them or to, like, use, like, the means of justice or something. Yeah, so I won't lie. I was convinced Chris's wraparound was going to sound something like, today Wooten had to deal with copyright because the character was too similar to one he created. But when you're created in the image of God, you're all unique. Well, it just, it seems weird. It seems like someone really wanted to do an episode focused on, like, when to use like the law or like like it's actually like an interesting idea to talk about like when are you supposed to use these like legal systems in place one and it's like weird because they like wooten's like kind of absolved of it because he doesn't start the legal dis like he tries to solve it but he doesn't start the legal dispute so he doesn't like it's weird message to come along because Wooten didn't have to make that decision yes in the episode 
I thought maybe focus on the family was part of some frivolous lawsuit or copyright thing. It was written by a new apprentice writer, though, who I wonder if they have some experience in the law. Right. And it's true. It's not the worst. Let me say this. I thought the copyright stuff was going and trademark stuff was going to be worse. If anything, there's just like some blurring of the lines between copyright and trademark. They didn't mention co- like trademark at one point. You know, I feel like I get why they didn't necessarily want an episode directly involving the police. Cause then you're like yes. adding another like complicated layer, but just having like something like about like, Oh, like this person stole from me. <laughs> Should I? like prosecute them or forgive them or like are they gonna do it again it just seems like that's not what i gathered from this episode at all and it feels like they were like trade like copyrights like a separate enough thing like it it seems like a better thing to talk about like creativity and the importance of like creative vision in according to christian alignment yes I don't know. I didn't hate this episode as much as you, but it really is a clunky episode, and I really don't think it it proves the point it's trying to make, because no character ever had to make the decision of whether to, like, go after someone or not. Right. And actually, I think part of the reason I didn't like it is, like you said, everyone gets absolved. Wooten does it out of a sense of morality. Like, let's just call a spade a spade here. Phil Fisher just got fully fired from Veggie Tales. What's to stop him from trying something similar? Well, I guess so, but right. I mean, are you saying he couldn't use David French to try to argue their teaching bad lessons? I guess you could try to. <laughs> One could try to prove that, but I mean, like, right. The thing is. Also, we love you, Phil. I mean, there's a the there's a whole post. other like artist there's technically moral copyright arguments where like they use that for like there was like a spray like a graffiti case involving that and there was a case involving monty python involving like moral rights which i guess would have been more interesting and actually like what wooten's argument was is like well they're using my thing and changing the my intended meaning of it like you could try to they could have tried to do something like that i don't know it feels like they were trying to do an episode about, like, law and Christianity without wanting to implicate, like, law enforcement or, like, like actual, like, crimes that you could be put in jail for. And this was the best one there's they came up with. Yes. What? I was saying, there's your book, Law and Christianity. I'm sure that, I'm sure there's many books about law and Christianity. Right. Yeah. I, I it, Again, it's just Wooten is has a problem with the lesson and feels like the guy who created the well created the character in its current form would be okay with it then is shocked it's just a whole thing now, i would also like to point out i'm glad it's not about money because Wooten, clearly all of Wooten's comics are nationally syndicated because it's noted happy porpoise is a local favorite character yeah that's what was kind of weird about it is and i think that's why because you we wouldn't believe which is why i I think why they did like the moral argument of it because we know wooten money wise probably wouldn't care that much but i also wish like maybe like they could have said like oh they turned like happy porpoise into an anti-hero that would have at least worked or is it it's it's happy dolphin and what is it Jolly Dolphin is the character Jolly Wooten Dolphin. creates. Yeah, yeah. Happy Porpoise is the character in the show, yeah. which between this and the Nuthouse, Odyssey really loves their locally created content. Yeah, but I mean, like, 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 right. I wish they would have, like, 
hyped it up a little bit. Like, oh no, like, it's like moral grays of Jolly Dolphin. It's like, I guess I could get more on it with that. But like the arguments he gave, I'm like, that sounds just like a normal comic book character. Yes. And like, even like Captain, like, not Captain Absolutely. Who was the one before Captain Absolutely? Power Boy. Power Boy didn't necessarily always sound like the most, like, a heavy Christian comic. Right, that feels like something they made up after they revealed it was Wooten and made Captain Absolutely to be more overtly religious. Right, which is which is fine, but it, it didn't seem like it was, like, anything crazy or, like, I guess maybe their idea was that, like, the kids are, like, acting out because they're all hyped up on happy porpoise and maybe it's because it was a bad influence or something like there's a lot of like maybe that's what they were trying to do you know how happy porpoise is going to come back novacom's going to buy the rights i i let me i will not lie if they talk about like the novacom novacom plus or nova plus and like there's a happy porpoise show on there I, i that would be very funny yes like, I think there's a lot of, like, ideas that work here. I actually think the idea of the episode is not bad. I think what sealed the... It is clunky. I think just what sealed the deal for me at the end, where it's like, oh, that was the message of this episode. Yes. I mean, obviously, we don't want, we don't want Wooten to lose money. But maybe if he lost in some way, like... But this was a waste... Like, the guy just said, but, Mr. Bassett, this was... You won, but this was a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> That would be pretty funny. So, because, I mean, I know Wound's not the one who brought down the lawsuit, but he had to know, but, right. And to me, though, like I said, having the Sleuth family Robinson try to convert Happy Porpoise, like it's DC buying freaking Image Comics back in the 90s. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> maybe, I'm sorry, you know, because that's how we got Watchmen. So maybe Wound will start an Israelites comic series out of that stuff. That'd be funny. Anyway. So any final notes on the episode? No, like... I mean, right, I did not... I think there have been worse episodes. I just... I, I did leave the episode being like... I think it felt really long, and at the same time... Like, I think they just, like... I think you could have had a pretty decent episode if you kind of summarized it at the beginning. Um, or even if it was like a law episode and like they were actually in a courtroom and like uh, you're frozen on my own, just so you know, has the upper hand with the case and chooses then not to like pursue it or something. Like, he's, like, legally, I'm not going to, like, prosecute you. I guess that's, like, what it is at the end, right? I guess that's, like, the what it's supposed to be. But I guess to some extent, that's what it's supposed to try to say, is that at the end, Wooten didn't pursue further legal action. But it does seem a little off overall. I actually wonder if this episode wouldn't have been funnier... If it had been, like, Jay or something. I don't disagree. Because you could believe Jay would sue someone, and maybe him deciding not to would have been a better, like, message, but I don't know. Huh, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you are right. So, 
It was okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a particularly good episode. I just left. I didn't. I'll give it this again. I wasn't scandalized by its treatment of copyright law. Um, as simplistic as it was, I just left being like, that was a little clunky. And I'm like, I don't know how good of a message that is. Or like, if it really taught kids, when do you do this? Cause it's like definitely didn't teach you like the, like the balance implications of like the law and like Christian forgiveness. I would agree. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the whole episode spend time being like, Oh, like can Wooten prove his innocence instead of being like, Oh, like should Wooten do this? Agreed. All so. right. That wraps up this episode. Join us next week for the next episode of Album 72, which will probably be up in a day or two. But I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John, and we finally have our uh, next episode review, Value in the Process. Now, this is kind of a wonky one on the wiki still, but uh, for the first time, we get to see the Rydells and Mr. Whitaker interact with like a family as Maury and Susu trying to find a healthy path towards making new friends. I'll say I thought this episode was good. Not great, but good. Now, you texted me earlier saying you had some problems with it. Okay, well... So we have two different storylines. Uh, we have the Mori storyline and we have the Suzu storyline. Let's start with the Mori storyline because I think that's objectively the best one. Yes. So I don't have, I think it's a good, I mean, here's the thing. It, it There's a lot of different things going on. There's kind of like the teamwork building thing. There's like the friendship thing. And like some of that kind of gets tied up a little bit. Like, I think their whole thing about the process is a little weird. Like, the process includes friendship. Like, I think, like, to me, it doesn't, that didn't, like, some of that wording didn't work. But I think the overall message that it's like, this is worth it because you can help others and you can grow connected to people who also care about what you're in and get friends. Yes. I like that. I think it's weird to call it part of the process, which I mean, like, that's basically what this episode's called, but I think the message stuck. And I do think it was fun to see Maury and Mr. Whitaker interact, although I think Mr. Whitaker could have explained what he was doing a little earlier, but I guess Mr. Whitaker was worried that then Maury would feel resentful to get friends. It seemed a little weird. Yeah, well, Mr. Whitaker is going to Mr. Whitaker. But uh, I, I, I was about to say, I could see Wit thinking, well, Maury's a pretty smart kid. He would probably pretend like he made friends just to get me off his back. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. So I, I get that myself. Although I do like how we saw another, like, sassy Mr. Whitaker moment where he was like, the more you say this, the more I can't hear you. That actually was pretty good. I mean, like, I don't mind because I do feel like it's helpful to give Wit more personality. Yes, I would agree. And he's older now, even older from when this started. So I think he's entitled to a little yeah. bit of that. And we get to see some of how he parented. 
kind of. That's true. Although isn't his issue? Didn't don't famously didn't he have issues with his parenting? His kids did, yeah. Well, at least Jenny did. Uh, Jenny did. We, yeah, Jason just seemed to be upset he was competitive at games, and, well, we don't really know how Jerry felt. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing with Jenna, not Jenna, what's Jana? Jenny. No, her name is Jana. Jenny's the daughter. You mean the mother? Jenny's also Jana's daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Jenna said there was a whole thing in like one of the early episodes a member of the family where um she says like after Jerry died like he kind of really focused on Jason I think ignored Jenna Jana I'm sorry yeah which so that does make sense but yeah I thought so I spent this whole episode the whole Maury subplot super confused because why is he being so mean to Trey isn't he on the team? And then I realized, oh no, that's Cooper. Oh. So even then, who knows? But I did like, I think this is the first Mori episode not to have Emily in it. Yeah, and I, I think it works well. Um, I think his interactions with Trey were interesting. And I do find it a believable come around. Because he is actually yes. teaching, you know, Trey well. Yes. That is actually one thing I appreciate. No, go ahead. That was one thing I did appreciate. In stories like this, sometimes you can tell they're begrudgingly doing it, but you can tell Maury kind of falls in love with it and sort of realizes it, then just gets mad again because Wit rejects him what he wants. Yeah. There might be another reason, because if Eugene's teaching the class, they physically cannot have Maury go to that class. Although that... It'd be be an interesting... um thing it's weird to me though that wit's not like something like why don't you help me with my programming but you also need to take this basics class maybe we'll get to that i I guess my thing with the process thing about it was it's like it's helpful to start things from the beginning as like part of the process you know to do things like in the in it's a little weird like, I agree, like, with the friendship angle, but the whole argument that, like, you should try to do things from the beginning, even if you know the things, is, like, kind of weird. Now, there could have been a good lesson, like, maybe Maury's trying to figure something out, and he can't figure it out, but during the class, he learns it because it's just a basic thing he overlooked. Yeah, but, like, instead, he he basically shows a basic thing to Mr. Whitaker. Yes. And I mean, maybe in one draft, it was that he had learned that today in class. And it was supposed to be the thing that that was helpful. And I, so I like the idea of like, you know, it's more of a thing about like friendship and like teamwork and he needs to learn that. But it's just weird how they focus on like the idea of the process. Because I don't know if they really got that point. But I think the overall point about friendship and teamwork came out. I absolutely also, agree. Since, since when, maybe I forgot. But, like, beforehand, I feel like we've had Mori as, like, a coding genius who's very smart. But now he's basically become Sherlock. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Mori, Moriarty, Emily's greatest foe. But, no, I, I I did find it very weird when he did that whole scene of... Well, you do this, and, and I, like I knew we were gonna come back and have that hit him in the face at the end of the episode the minute it started happening. Yeah. But... But it was weird. Like, it's just, like... That's, like, on a different level. I guess he is a master manipulator, so it's not, like, totally out there. 
And I didn't hate it. I was just like, I've never seen him act like this where he's able from little subtle clues like, ah, there's dirt in on your shoes or in your fingernails and like that I, <laughs> makes him figure this whole thing out. So that I agree with. It made sense with some of the things in the other episodes. Like, you know, maybe he wasn't banking on Olivia giving that money. He knew Olivia was going to give the money by asking around. Yeah, fair. But that being said... I also cannot imagine a scenario where Trey saying thank you, Maury, on the website throws him for such a loop. Right. That I, I agree with that. Now, so let's, unless you have anything else to say, let's move over to the other side, kind of the B plot. You, you mean Zoe's villain origin story? You mean Suzu or Zoe or it's, it's all. I'm referring that. to Zoe. Well, go ahead and say your piece because I have a thought about this. Yeah. So. I thought at the beginning, I'm like, oh, I like this storyline. Like, it's going really well. I think it's interesting how Suzu is, like, learning to like something that she wouldn't normally like. And it's, like, a good, nice little subplot. One, also, this new, like, editor of the Owl is a very interesting character. Yes. Yes, he is. Like, there wasn't a lot to say, but just like, oh, I've made an executive decision. Like, it's it's a little weird, but okay. Then it then I'm like, oh, it's going to take an interesting turn with Emily not liking that, and it's going to go into play into the friendship thing. Instead, Odyssey, for two episodes in a row, decides to bring up intellectual property law. Three. What was the other one? The coding in the Renee episode. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about the coding. I don't... So, like, you mentioned maybe there's, like, a lawyer. I have to think. I don't know why they reference IP three times. Someone has intellectual property on the brain. Or as you texted me, maybe they're getting sued for something. Um, Let me say this. In the first, you know, in the Renee coding one, the patent coding thing, it's like, okay. And, like, that's a whole complicated thing with, like, Google v. Oracle. I'm willing to forgive that. Last week, they kind of got trademark copyright a little confused in Legally Wooten. I'm willing to bypass that. I don't know what was going on here. Because first off, I assume when they're talking about, like, Suzu apparently did plagiarize, talks about first that in my country, like, this is all okay. And I'm a little bit like, what what country are you talking about? Because, like... Like, I assume they're referring to China. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. And maybe Suzu is Chinese. But isn't her father, like, their father is an ambassador in Japan. Yes. And Japan has pretty standard, if not, I think, even a little more strict of copy law, copyright law than America. So I don't know why they needed to go on, like, about a little rant about how, like, Chinese... Or like what I presume is that or like other countries copyright law is not as good and that it's like the U.S. has stronger copyright law and it's like stealing. Because also how they explained it is how U.S. copyright law works. They're like, we can't in America or she's like in our country, like ideas are able to be like shared. And it's like, right, that's same in America that ideas 
ideas can't be copyrighted. It's the expression of those ideas. And I think the ideas that Suzu act, which is like the idea doctrine, idea expression doctrine is like fundamental 101, like copyright law sort of stuff. And I'm just bringing it up because they've talked about IP law for the last three episodes. So like, it's worth, it's worth talking about, but I think presumably Man, I hope Suzu, Buck gets arrested in the next episode. <laughs> presumably Suzu actually like use the exact expression, but it's just funny that they like talk about it as like, well, like we should share ideas and like Emily's like, well, in America, like that's not how it works. It's like it does work based upon how Suzu said it. That is how it works in America. Like you could have just said she didn't understand plagiarism. Well, one, it's a whole weird thing. It doesn't even work. I guess it's like supposed to be like she didn't follow the process because she did it. It's wrong. also the middle school newspaper. Right. Like, but like, it's weird because Zoe's clearly upset about it. Not because she thinks it was truly copied. She's like, oh, my article's not going to get in the paper. I'm going to run and this through a cop, like through a plagiarism checker. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get into. So one, I just checked on the wiki. They don't say where Susu is from other than that her adoptive father was the ambassador to Japan. So until someone tells me otherwise, I'm assuming she's from Japan. Um, yeah. Though, it, I mean, she could be from China, which is fine. But, th okay, first, then you're either... The only problem with China, China, communism. Well, right. I mean... There's no it's... way the free expression of ideas... Yeah, it's a little... I guess it's like, but in China, like, there's a known, like, there's a perception and some reality that, like, they will sometimes, like, violate international copyright law, you know. But here's the thing. Even if it, she, like, she's adopted from China, it doesn't make sense why you're going to have a little rant about it in this episode. Second, if not, you're just equating all of Asia to have the, like, the same level of copyright law, which is really bad. Like, either way, I'm like, I'm like, either, either, like, why are you bringing this up? This is totally unnecessary to the episode. It's just like saying, like, isn't America better? Or, yeah, totally, like, construing a bunch of different countries together. And that's, like, really bad. Yes. Okay, so this is what I wanted to get into and why I called it Zoe's villain origin story. You are right. Maybe Susu did the wrong thing, but the episode never acknowledges, and maybe we're coming back to this in the future, that Zoe did it. Because she was upset that Susu's article usurped hers. If it had just been like a protocol thing, like, like oh, I, I ran this through and like, this is what happened. And then Zoe's like, I went to, let's talk to him together and we can explain the situation, get a new article. But it's not like that. It's like, we surprised you by it not being in the paper this week. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And maybe this is the route we're going down, Zoe, because they kind of end walking away hand in hand, hand as friends. And in my head, Zoe kind of did like an evil smirk to the camera at the end of that scene. Yeah. So. Well, also like, it doesn't even make sense for Suzu to do that. Cause I think the implication is that she did it cause she didn't like the process. Like she yes. didn't like having to sit there, but they don't like spell that out. Instead, she's like, Oh, I didn't know that was stealing. Like, they absolve her of all her guilt, and instead she's like, oh, I feel bad because I've had issues with stealing in the past. Yeah, so I will say this, and maybe Zoe manipulated that to her advantage. I will give Odyssey the benefit of the doubt 
that we are coming back to this story at some point. See, yeah, let me say this. If there's going to be something about, like, Zoe and, like, with, like, a similar attitude thing, then I'm totally, like, fine with that. But it was just, it was really weird, especially because it's, like, it wasn't like she was just upset, but she was, like, it's almost too good. Yes. Now, I would... Agreed. Now, when the episode ended, I thought, oh, if Zoe's whole thing is she's going to manipulate to get ahead, that's kind of a cool idea. But Olivia did the same thing to her during the Faith arc. And Zoe chewed Olivia out for how wrong that was. Or Zoe knew how wrong that was. Right, which is why I don't think it's going to come back. Right, but maybe Zoe joins the team or something and something gets put together. But Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. What's weird is the Suzu storyline is like probably like five it's no more than a third of the episode length right and so i feel like you have a really good mori storyline and like a one where i was like i'm feeling suzu's storyline because one they don't they make it seem like she is following the process which is weird like the whole like yes. it's not like an indication where she's like oh i really don't like this and she's like oh i figured out a way my way to do the process I would agree with that. Now, this is one thing. Again, I don't want to give the writers some slack. Susu's character up until this point has been being Mori's sister. Yeah. Like, she's always kind of a... a, Accessory seems like kind of a strong word. But, you know, an accessory to Mori's plot. She's always kind of working for him. So they might have had to figure out how to write her independently. That's probably what part of this episode was about. But, yes, I do think this was not a great solo outing for the character well it's like they wanted her to do this like really bad thing and then they try to justify it by saying like well in my country like the weird like in my where i'm from that's not like wrong which i mean like presumably i think she even if she's from china she grew up in japan and japan has i mean i okay let me say this i could be totally wrong about japan's copyright law but i looked it up i believe it's part of a treaty that makes pretty universal copyright law based upon what i know about certain companies like let's say i know it's a video game company so don't get upset at me but like nintendo is very strong about intellectual property rights why are bob and jesse outside my window (laughs) but um and like presumably she grew up in japan so presumably that's what her context would be i would agree (laughs) So it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to bring it up. It's almost like they're trying to show like, well, she didn't mean to do it. When you could have just told me she didn't know about plagiarism, which like I kind of roll my eyes at if she's in middle school. However, she and Maury were homeschooled for a long time. So I'm willing to assume maybe. Yeah. But I agree. Look, there might be some cultural Japanese thing we don't know about from their description it gave me like they were trying to throw shade at china for some reason which i mean like yeah i mean i I, there are complaints about how they handle intellectual property but also like i have no indication unless it was mentioned briefly in one episode and i think it's assumed unless i'm missing a reference in another episode is that she's from japan i get to wrap up this storyline just to make sure we have it So your biggest problem was with the plagiarism and how it was explained. My biggest problem was it kind of feels like Zoe gets away with doing something super petty. 
No, I I agree with both. I think both of those were my problems. I just thought it was a weird little diversion where, and I wouldn't be so fixated on it, but someone on the writing staff has brought up copy, like has brought up intellectual property three weeks in a row. And I just want to know why. I know. Also, before someone in the comments mentions, well, Zoe was doing the right thing. If we're playing that rights, wrongs, and reasons game from that one episode, she did the right thing for the wrong reason. Right. Also, like, they could have just said, like, Zoe, like, it's weird because they could have just had, like, I presume even, like, middle school papers might run things through plagiarism checkers. Right. Like, that's a pretty common tool now. And so Zoe could have just done it and, like, carefully approached suzu about it instead of like trying to catch her like your article didn't appear in the paper today yeah that i would agree with that it is interesting truly i hope we come back to this in some capacity obviously it's going to be a hot minute because there's so doubt it i know and because there's two episodes left in this album at one point it was a two-part but it looks now like it's two individual episodes so yeah and i thought either of them are gonna be about mori and suzu but I think that wraps it up for this episode. Join us next time for the next album, 75. We've got our January news roundup probably out by the time you hear this. If not, it'll be out very shortly where we discuss the comics and some interesting tidbits they gave us on the most recent episode of the podcast. Stay tuned. John's blank stare makes you think he did not listen to the episode of the podcast. That's a mailbag. So was I supposed to? I asked you to when we were in Germany. Oh, well, that was a long time ago, buddy. Just tell me okay. what you say in the, in the yeah. mailbag. Basically, there's only one thing worth talking about, and we'll get to that when we record. All right, so I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John, and today we're recording our second-to-last episode of Album 74, Buckle Up, where Olivia makes a new friend from her testimony because I'm completely blanking on the name at the moment. So if John could just start his thoughts while I pull all of that up. Okay. So, this episode... Started off, I'm like, very interesting ideas. I actually think it's two really interesting ideas for episodes. But I feel like trying to cram them into the same episode kind of didn't do them justice in a lot of ways. So let's let's start with the Emily storyline. Because there's really two, um, two storylines. There's the Emily, uh, you know, calling storyline. And then there's this uh, girl she's helping storyline. And I'm going to make the case. The episode is called Tough Call, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to make the argument that they're two different storylines. Because here's the thing. Let's start with the Emily storyline. I'm listening to the episode. Okay, giving testimony. That's good. Oh, people are really connecting with it. That's really good. And then Wit's like, oh, maybe that means you should, like, ask, like, you answering people's questions is, like, your spiritual calling is kind of what he was saying, or like talking about your faith with people. But here's my thing. As a caveat, I'm like, I can like let this go, but I don't think giving a speech up about your testimony necessarily means that you're going to be able to answer people's questions well. And then I want to make this clear. I did not come up with this. I was telling my wife about this episode because I had to process it. And she's like, oh, well, that really sounds more like 
preaching, but they probably don't believe in female pastors as, like, a thing. So they're not going to advocate a girl sharing a message that connects with people to get into preaching. And I was like, to my wife, Elizabeth, I was like, that's probably it. And if someone wants to tell us in a club episode there was a female pastor, we have we will be happily corrected on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may be female pastors, but it is like a weird like jump between like, oh, you shared a message that connected with people and like you can answer all these people's questions. It seems like two different things. Yeah, so I first thought this episode was going in the direction of parasocial relationships online where because Olivia gave such a moving testimony, too many people were now acting like she was their therapist or something. Now, I'm assuming these were all kids and there weren't like 30-year-olds who thought, you know, oh, maybe Olivia can help me as well. Yeah, well, like, I wouldn't say therapist. I thought that too. Like, ther- like not therapist, but like, oh, this person can ans- knows all the answers to all these questions. That was going to be interesting. I clear. I kind of got that's not what it was going for when Mr. Whitaker was like, maybe this is your calling. So it's like, okay, that's not where this episode's going. Yeah, I, I was kind of, I did kind of wonder if this was going to be a takedown of theology Twitter where seminary students after like one year, one semester in seminary <laughs> suddenly think they can answer any question thrown at them. Yeah. Which they, they didn't do. But so I will say this, and we can get to the back half of the episode in a minute. I think Wit was doing the classic wit lets it play out to see how it works out thing to the writer's credit. It never crosses a line where Olivia should have asked an adult for help. I agree. I don't think it's ever there. Here's my, and this goes into the second half of the episode, but it also like, cause Olivia really doesn't have much to do in this episode. Cause I hate to say it. Olivia never gets a piece of effective advice as far as we see within this episode. And let me say this one saying that like that nihilistic music could maybe but she the girl doesn't even have time to affect it due to what happens in her storyline and then she's like talk to your dad he's probably fine and i feel like if what had happened was the girl called her dad like and like then the dad's like i'm coming home and it was like that then it's like yeah emily was it Emily or Olivia? I just totally blanked on who we're talking about. It, it, it's Olivia. It's Olivia. Okay. I may have said Emily earlier. Um, but, like, the father is two seconds away from the door when she calls. So, like, presumably that exact, like, a close to a similar interaction would have happened, except maybe the girl would have been a little more worried at the at the beginning of it. And, like, to be honest, the, the hacking would have happened without... Olivia. So essentially, Olivia has very little. Uh, that's why I think it's like two separate storylines almost, because Olivia has like almost no impact on this girl's storyline. Yeah, I was about to say it's like that hack complaint of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where if Indiana Jones wasn't there, everything still would have happened the way it happened in the movie. Yeah, which I but I, I don't I, think that's. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think there's a lot of media where, like, a character's there and, like, if the character hadn't been there, wouldn't have affected the story. I think it's just hard 
with one about spiritual calling. Now, I guess she did ease some of her fear about calling her dad, but I guess like for something of this magnitude and they talk about like, oh my gosh, like Olivia, like you did all this change and all this effect. It's like when you emphasize that, it's like, I don't see that in this episode. I would agree. I, I I think you're right. Olivia kind of helps soften the girl for what comes. And maybe that's what the episode is saying, that you don't need to do these big sweeping gestures. Unfortunately, the, that is not the message of the episode, clearly. No, and that may be what they're going... Like, it, it is a small thing. And I think it's a realistic thing a kid could do. I just wish for, like, the impact of her storyline that I could see it being a little more like, Oh, it actually did do something beneficial. I don't disagree like it, with it, that. It did do stuff beneficial. I don't want to, to hark on that, but like, I do think it was a little bit like, Oh, I feel like this girl's story would have been exactly the same, except for maybe like five minutes of resistance, but maybe it wouldn't have like, that's the problem. We're kind of speculating. I guess if it would have just been, she calls the dad and the dad's like, I'll come home. It, like the, the daughter's like, you, I need you. And we'll talk about this, but this goes into the second half of the story. Download Upside and start getting cash back wherever you roll. It's like having your own hype man. Get an average of 17% cash back at restaurants. Oh, it's dinner time. Average of 13% on groceries. Get those groceries. 10 cents per gallon average cash back on gas. It's go time. Plus, cash back at participating convenience stores too. Stacks all stacks. Users can earn hundreds of dollars a year, three times more than other apps. Upside, show me that money. All right, we get it. Get it. It's easy. Just sign up for the free Upside app and start getting cash back for doing you. Download the free Upside app and use promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's promo code DOYOU10 for an extra $10 on the free Upside app. Get cash back for doing you with the free app from Upside. You mean the the mega church protests? Okay. Yeah. So as you likely listen as the listeners likely listen to this episode, it goes then to this girl who needs help because she doesn't believe in God. And her father is the pastor of this big, like, mega church or this big church in Connellsville, right? Yes. I think it's Connellsville. And so, oh, this is actually a really interesting idea because I think this is actually something kids would be afraid of and it would be interesting to like have Olivia, I mean, it's like a big thing, but have Olivia kind of deal with it and trying to give her perspective of what she felt. However, the episode doesn't go in such a nuanced direction. We immediately get to the church and we immediately get how this is going when they go by protests in front of this person's church where they say, where they go like, oh, they, they protest because he speaks, preaches directly from the Bible and people can't handle it. Which I would just like to point out that semi implies that whatever church Mr. Whitaker goes to doesn't teach the Bible. Right. Like, I'm not trying to be, and like, maybe, I don't, I feel like it's possible the Adventures and Odyssey writers go to a church like that. 
I think it more tends to be that probably Colorado Springs is a little more insulated of an environment and they think that's what happens there. Because like, to be honest, when I think about protests in front of a church, one, I think of Westboro Baptist. Yes. The only other time I've personally seen any form of protest-esque thing in front of a church was a very conservative church that taught from the Bible and they had pro, they had pro-life people protesting and handing out flyers in front of that conservative church. And I don't know why, because they were pro-life. And so it was just this very confusing thing. It's like, why are you protesting here? This church obviously agrees with this. And it was a whole thing. So that's the only time I've act. I, I don't think, please email us if you have protests in front of your church and what church that is. But I just don't think that's as much of a concern. And going with the protests, then later the protesters are hacking and phishing the account of the pastor's daughter. Like, they, Yeah, yeah, this was something I wanted to get into. <laughs> so she opens a phishing email. So I'm assuming that implied the protester sent it. Wouldn't it have just made more sense because she's in middle school to have her have posted the videos to a secret YouTube channel and somebody found it? Yeah, exactly. That would have made way more sense, but that's the problem. It goes so hard into like the, oh, like <laughs> the secular worlds, like, or like, like all oh, these pro, like, like, it's like us. It goes into such an us versus them protest. So here's the thing. Presumably, as far as I would think, I've always gone to churches that preach like directly what's in the Bible. I've never had that level I feel like the problem is when you implicate those protests, that person's doing more than just preaching what's in the Bible. They're being very vocal against people who aren't, like, living that lifestyle. Yes. Like, I just don't know, like, what churches are having those big protests. Like, I've been to New York City, I don't see, I've been in Chicago, I don't see protests outside of churches. So I just don't know, I don't know what that person's saying that's riling people up so much that there's, it's not like, oh, this happens on occasion. They're like, they're here every week. I'm like, what are you saying that's so vehemently upsetting people in the terms of they're going to protest every single week at this, like, because let's be fair, Connellsville, I don't think is that big of a town. It's probably not that big of a church. Yeah, uh, Marshall Younger, if you'd like to email us or come on the podcast and talk about it, we'd love to have a discussion no, no, with no. you. No, I just, like, and viewers, please send in. I just, like, it, it encapsulates, like, feelings of, like, Westboro Baptist. I don't think that's what they're going for. But I'm just, like, I don't know. It just, like, threw me off. But here, here's the big point. I thought... There would at least be a moment where the father is a little upset. Like, yes. Because, like, I hate to say it, that's what would happen in real life. I'm glad, like, especially, like, given that context that's like, oh, is he that? Because, like, okay, this, the, the resolution of this episode very upset me because I think, like, Odyssey, like, because I think this is the thing kids would actually deal with. And, like, the fact that it's, like, oh, a parent is upset about the fact that their kid's not a Christian. And I have seen that. And the parents usually handle it by saying, well, then you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to hell. And saying all these, like, kind of negative things about it. And I'm glad in the context of this episode that, like, oh, the father's not like that. 
but you're setting up kids with this false expectation that your their parents are going to be so loving and happy about it and that's just not real like i have friends who who like struggled with their faith and their parents were real like dismissive about it and like blaming them about about how bad they are that they think that way and i think it's really dangerous to like teach kids that it's like oh if they're gonna like come to you with like so open arms and it's like well i think a lot of parents especially like in that even juggle like directly from the bible mindset are going to actually be upset at the kids about that and this is from experience i've talked to many people who have had that experience happen to them yeah, I, I was about to say, this is very um, mirroring, like, a secular cartoons coming out of the closet episode. Yeah. Like, it's like... Well, I no, mean, not like, in a bad way, but it, it paints it as this super positive experience is going to go down. And it might be setting people up for a false reality. Especially when... Odd, I mean, here's the thing. Her issue was, like, she was just... Like, she talked about, like, I don't believe in God, but really she just had, like, this issue with joy is what it like yeah. it kind of came down to it did like i got confused on like what her actual like position is on everything yes but, right for for the 8 to 12 year old audience like it is kind of setting and i think kids in like middle school who probably are more likely to experience these issues like to me i feel like this was an episode that did a disservice by having the calling aspect. It should have been its standalone episode. And they say, due to the themes in today's episode, listen to this with your parents. And there's also like a message for the parents in this episode about like that they need to be understanding that it is this process. Cause he right. says like, it's a process different to everyone. But like this idea that like the parents not gonna have like an immediate like upset reaction is like, and that doesn't always happen. And probably like the Odyssey writers would be understanding of that. Like I'm, but I think there's a yeah. lot of, especially Christians or like people who have been very like strong about their faith, their whole lives, who would have like parents who would be upset at their kids and not be such a grand loving reaction. Yeah. So there are two things I want to point out about that. I think you're right. The moment we met that dad, I was like, he's not going to get angry. He's too friendly. Maybe if there had been one scene at, like, the dinner table or something that implied he might get angry, that would have at least helped. I also think there is some irresponsibility and focus on this episode to say, you know, talk to your parents about your faith struggles. They'll, they'll be super accepting. When? So I found this out on the Odyssey Geek podcast, which is a great resource for behind-the-scenes stuff I don't know. Um... <laughs> That, remember when the Olivia's Faith arc came out and the first four episodes were on one album and they released the other two early? Yeah. That was because parents were freaking out because their kids were starting to question their faith like Olivia was. Because I will say, Odyssey gave some pretty good arguments in the episode. Yeah. So, for Odyssey to have had kind of an event like that occur then say, this is the episode we should write as the follow-up is interesting. Yeah, like, just like, oh, parents are going to be super happy. It's like, I think they should have written this episode for both parents and kids. Like, I think they should have been like, kids, it's important to tell your parents about this stuff and share these issues with them so they can help you. But it, then it's also equally important that as the parents, you need to be, like, understanding and help them through it. And I think some of this comes down to the fact 
that a lot of parents, really a lot of Christians, don't have that complex an understanding of faith. Yes. It's very, like, it's very simplified where they're like, oh, no, I've believed this my whole life. You can't not believe it is kind of what it comes down to. Like, they're just like, you don't question it. Anyway, but no, I, I agree. I, on one hand, I like the idea of the episode that we're kind of, Olivia's faith arc goes from, she's questioning, now she might become a church leader because Elizabeth, your wife is probably right. Focus on the family. Doesn't want to open the Pandora's box that is, let's talk about women ministers. Although we both support that here on this podcast. Yes. Why did our subscriber count just plummet? <laughs> we lose everyone. So, so I, I like where they're going. I just think the episode is such a... And you know what? It is nice to see the story end happily, and it should end happily. But I do think we could have given the girl more of a reason to be worried. Like, literally, just have the dad be implied to maybe be a bit of a hothead or something. Well, right, they're like, well, he said not to kick the protesters in the shin, and he was a little bit upset at me for that. And it's like, well, I think most parents would say, like, don't do that. Right, and even when you met the character, you're like, I, I think the implication was, thank you, honey, for standing up for me, but please don't do that again. It's going to look bad. Right. I feel like these are actually two really good episode ideas that either should have been two separate episodes like it could have been olivia like it's a little comedic a little serious like with a different topic and then this is its own topic or this is like a two-part episode yes i would agree i yeah i think it should have been two separate episodes again maybe the first one is olivia kind of learns she can't help everybody but then you know, through all these comments on the internet, then the second one is Olivia helping this girl. Well, it's especially weird because it's not, it's like we had like, you know, Olivia's mom in the questioning the faith arc is pretty open about it all. Yes. Like, I mean, she's upset and like wants to help, but like you already kind of have a nuanced thing where it's like, well, the parents like trying to be understanding while also like concerned. I would agree. And that would have and been... A and better so, way to go about it? Well, yeah, I don't get then why you have this other episode that's seeming, I guess it's because it's about the calling is really what the episode's supposedly focused on. But in reality, it's like, I think the more that gets story thing and the more thing that I think more in the forefront after the first like third is this girl's like interactions with her father. Yeah, so I will say, so it's weird to then have just like one where it's like, oh no, your parents will be completely okay, when it was like more nuanced before. Yeah, so uh, just so we don't go on for hours about this, because we're almost going to talk about the episode longer than the episode, to wrap it up, I think we can both say two good ideas. Maybe they were a little too optimistic on the ending of that one. I agree. I just, I almost think it's a little dangerous not dangerous but i think it's a little irresponsible to set kids up that that's gonna be what happens i don't disagree i would also very much implore people to talk to their pastors or people they trust in their church because you know i feel like we just need to say that and please don't email us because i don't know how much help i'll be well no here's the thing really quick and then we can wrap up i think yes. Kids should talk to their parents. I don't want to give the impression that that's that I think they shouldn't, 
but I think they need to paint that it's going to be a little more complex of an issue than being like, oh, everything's going to be fine. That there may be, your parents may get upset about that. And like, they also need to work through it. Yes. Yes. And I do look, I hope we have a follow-up to this specifically one where maybe Olivia gets two in over her head and wit does have to step in just so we don't teach middle school, middle schoolers. You can do this all on your own. Yeah. Yeah, it, but it, like, so barely scratches the surface of all that. Yeah, so that wraps it up. We've got one more episode, and it's I think it's going to be a big one. Because we're definitely not recording these late, so we haven't heard it yet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time. You're about to listen to a podcast full of wonder, excitement, and discovery. It's time for an adventure through Odyssey. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Adventures Through Odyssey podcast, Odyssey Revisited. I'm Will here with John, and we're going to talk about what I would consider a very low-impact episode of Adventures in Odyssey. King of my heart. Buck Buck tries to ask Jules to the homecoming dance, but someone else has other plans. This is unquestionably one of the best episodes in the last decade, minus two scenes. (laughs) I think it's a very good episode. I don't know if I go that far, but I think it, it hits a lot of good highs. Yes. We'll get yeah, to those two scenes. like it so much. Well, we'll get to those two scenes in a minute. And maybe it is just the, we're here, no more holding it off. There's not an extra twist. We just kind of have it. We just kind of have what they've been building to. And I'll get to the ending in a second. One, I think it works because at the beginning... Buck gives no indication he's about to ask Jules to the dance, so she does not come off as, get away from me, Buck. You know, if Buck was ready to pass out, Jules probably should have taken the hint on that one. Yeah. I think the unintentional physical comedy with Buck attacking Ryan is very funny. It is funny. The marshmallow is very funny. Yes. Though I did find it funny where I'm like, aren't they in the woods at a campfire? Why do they have a fire extinguisher? And then he's like, that's why we always bring a fire extinguisher. I I know. I'd like to think Cooper just... But I will say, this friendship between Cooper and Buck is great. And I'm assuming he's going to join the team at some point. But that's another episode. Uh... (laughs) I think the final scene is really, really good if there's one thing that torpedoes it, and we'll get to that in a second. To me, the only thing that doesn't work are the two scenes with Connie, but I'll let John say his piece. Well, I I agree with you. I think a lot of that's really good. The two scenes with Connie are this. This episode without those doesn't really have a moral. (sighs) I am aware of that, but there could have been... And you know what? I, I tried to come up with one. There's definitely one you can find in there. The, so actually, there is one thing they could have done, because just in case anyone didn't listen to the episode or is a little lost, Connie is talking about the whole equally yoked, they're both Christians thing. I will say this. She puts Jules in an unfortunate no-win situation where she can't date anybody. Right. It's, it's weird, because she's like, well, she's not a Christian, so... He, she really shouldn't be dating a Christian because that makes me question whether that's good. Right. Like that Christian's really solid. But then if they're dating a non-Christian, that's bad, right? It's and that's it's also I a date to the homecoming dance, Connie. Right, it's a date to the homecoming dance. Thankfully, Katrina comes in and gives an actual good yeah. viewpoint on that issue. I actually did appreciate Katrina saying having a conversation with you is kind of confusing, Connie. 
Which, yeah. I don't know if that was the writers acknowledging it, but to me, that was the acknowledgement of maybe Connie's losing it a bit. I think Connie's losing it a bit. I think the writers are acknowledging it, too. I think it's probably that's going to be the whole next setup, is that one of the... I, I don't I don't know if they're going to pull something like... Vegas wedding? No, no, not a Vegas wedding. But that they're going to pull something like, oh, one of them becomes a Christian and then they break up and like just do the thing that they've done before. Or if it's going to be like one of them becomes a Christian and they date and then eventually one of them, right. the other one becomes well, a Christian. But they're still dating, trying to figure that whole thing out during the right. time. Or well, my there's whole... a really interesting episode where they follow through on the whole, I always forget the guy's name, where he says, like, do you want me to like get on my knees and confess something? Like one of them just kind of goes through the motions of being a, a Christian to do the relationship. Oh, Jeff Lewis. Jeff Lewis, yeah. Thank you. I was so good. I'm like, what is he talking about? So I will say my hope they're not doing the Eugene Katrina thing is Katrina told Buck that story. Yeah, it would just be a little bit like you're acknowledging you've done this storyline before. Yeah, so I will admit it may have worked better if like at the end of the whole last Buck arc, Buck says to Eugene, you know, Dad, I want to start learning about Jesus. Just to imply he's going in that direction or something. Yeah. So, so there's that. I I am someone who has issues with what I would call the Christian college definition of equally yoked, where I've heard girls say, and I'm not trying to sound bitter, ladies, I promise I'm an exciting <laughs> person in real life. You know, you're a little too into sports. I don't know if that makes us equally yoked. I don't think you know what equally yoked means when you say Did that. Did someone say you're too into sports? Not to me. I overheard this somewhere. Okay. I was going to say, I don't know who said that to you, but I yes. that's just a bold-faced lie. Maybe this is why I'm still single, because I get into arguments with people about the correct definition of the phrase equally yoked. But, like, if you're going to turn a guy down, just turn him down. Don't try to pull the Bible into it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I think um, the the thing is, I think Connie is using the correct definition, all things considered. She definitely is, and I want to be clear, she is. It's just the way yeah, it's yeah. been used. But no, I think it's a very funny episode. I think it's sweet. I think the ending... Okay, they were actually really close to having a cute little rom-com, like, quote scene. Like, they were trying really hard to be like, you know, right now, there's a space. Yeah, a space between boy and friend in our relationship. Do we want to close the space? At least they didn't call the episode The Space Between Us. Yeah, like, let me say this. It's a really cute concept, I think they needed to reference it earlier in the episode. They referenced like, it pretty early. They needed to reference it a second time was the bigger thing. Yeah, like being like, oh, well, he's a, you know, a boy space friend, but he's not a boy friend. You know, like something like that, I think like, could have made it work better, right? And like reference it because it is actually a cute idea for a line. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault them too much, but when it came up, I kind of rolled my eyes instead of being like, oh, that's really cute. But it is like yeah. actually yes. cute, like thinking back on it. Like yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more clever idea than I thought they would have done. 
they know that they know the the buckle fans wanted a cute moment yeah actually and i wanted to talk about that with the cute moment so it's a great moment but it's torpedoed by immediately chris coming on and saying i guess buckles is official (laughs) this this whole album was called buckle up because of this i I know, I was really hoping it wasn't. And if I listen to this episode again, I'll just stop it before Chris comes on. But Yeah, it's like there's no there's no time to rest. But it is then just like Chris is like, however, there will be future problems with the fact that neither of them are Christians. But it's like, okay, but like like I, I guess I, I, I guess that teases where it's gonna go. Like, how are they gonna right. handle a relationship that's not have God in it? Okay, so, John, you are 100% right. I would like to push back. There are going to be fewer issues in this relationship than if one was a Christian and one wasn't. Right. That, that's what I find weird about them setting it up. That- Wendy's homestyle French toast sticks are so delicious, some are saying that they're better than their mom's breakfast. Excuse me. Did you just say Wendy's French toast sticks are better than my breakfast? Mom, is that you? Answer the question. I said some people are saying that because they're so crispy on the outside and fluffy on the inside and perfect in every way. Uh Uh-huh. And what do you think? I think it's time to tell people to choose wisely. Choose Wendy's sweet and crispy homestyle French toast sticks. That's still not an answer. At participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. That way. So, I mean, I, I like it. It's a good idea. It's something we really haven't explored outside a couple of failed Connie love stories. So... Yeah, no, I I think it's a it's a good good place to go from here, but I also think at the same time I'm a little a little weary. Yes, I would agree. Uh, if I have to go over some other notes, the scene where Jules is telling Connie Ryan asked her to the dance, and Connie said, "I thought you wanted Buck to ask you." I guess to me there could have been one or two scenes where Jules vocalizes her her feelings for Buck towards somebody yeah because we all knew it and just for the kids it's weird to me that they made ryan so perfect oh i i actually loved that as a running gag like the list just keeps getting longer and slightly more ridiculous every time somebody starts talking well i guess it was meant i i thought then they were gonna tie in like at the end like her more saying like and they did kind of but like He's perfect, but I don't want perfect. I want you or something. Right. So I, I, I don't, uh, I understand the show is for eight to 12 year olds. I was a little surprised they didn't do anything to make Ryan come off as a bit of a jerk on the date. Yeah, now, maybe that was so it really impacted when she ran to Buck. It was, oh, it's not because he did something stupid. It's Jules wanted Buck the whole time. I mean, I would be actually interested if they did an episode with Ryan following up on that somehow. Like, his reaction, like, was I not good enough? Like, that would actually, like, I like the idea they do an episode about that. I feel like Ryan may just fade off. I am aware. Maybe he helps Mr. Skint escape from prison or something. That'd be funny. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it was the best episode in a decade. I thought it was... I said scary. one of... I know, I know. I think it was a very good episode, very solid. It's just, like, it was a little, like, I think I could have just had Katrina's thing, and they're kind of, like, referencing, well, this happened, and so maybe stuff will happen there in the future, too. But overall, I was a little, like, 
okay, they're clearly doing this so you could be like, but we know there's issues with this. And those are going to be addressed in future episodes. But for now, have yeah. this cute episode. Yeah, I was also going to mention, much like last week's episode, where it felt like two episodes split, merged into one, this felt like a it was maybe a two-parter at one point. I actually appreciate that's a one-parter. We could totally see one part where it's Buck coming to terms with how he feels about the date. Then a second part that's more Buck helping Ryan. Yeah. So before I know John has to get going. So I do also want to just acknowledge because I'm pretty sure it's going to be the next album episode, you know, in the summer. They talk about where Eugene is and he's working on something, quote, exciting. All I'm saying is I don't want them... I don't want to wait through the other five episodes of album 75 to hear whatever this Eugene episode is. Yeah. I, I found that interesting too. And I don't know if it's going to be something where it's like, Oh, he has to go work on this like off somewhere. Yeah. Or if it's going to be something dumb where it's like, I made a new invention, but it changed my voice. I mean, that could work. That troll hunter show on Netflix did that. Yeah, they did do that. Although, I, I let me say this. I found it funny. There were, like, two instances in this episode where it kind of pointed out how odd the whole timeline is. Do tell. Uh, first, I forget the exact thing, but there was a whole thing about uh, Eugene and Katrina's relationships. Like, we dated for many years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Like, they did that, and then, like, they also, like, I feel like it was weird when they talked about, like, oh, it's been so long since, like, like, I couldn't tell, like, how long has it been since the whole, like, go him going to California thing? Because, you know, as a listener, yeah, if he hasn't done anything in real time since that episode, that's a real long time. Yes, in and reality, it's probably been a much shorter time in the timeline of the episode. Right, and I do appreciate that that moment is brought up, but it wasn't like the linchpin for Jules, because a lot of shows would have made that the we're together now moment. Yeah, right. So there was that. Uh, last thing, what, what was Jillian doing in Peru? I'm, I wonder if that's going to be a tease for next album, too. Like, she's there with yeah. Jason. yeah. That that's possible. It did kind of just feel like a way to write Jillian out of the episode, but I do kind of I do hope we dive more into the jewels going to Jillian for advice and not Connie. I agree. Yeah. Also, because I know John has to go last thing. Odyssey writers, don't be cowards. Have an episode where Connie feels self conscious about Jules dating, and every ex boyfriend of Connie returns. Look, I've stated this before. I just want them to either do an episode where she's not interested it's like she says like i'm just not interested in dating people i don't i think i'm not going to try to go after someone or say she's actually trying to find someone yes i hate this weird in between either say there's going to be something going forward or it's just not happening and like there's an episode about like like take from paul about like not getting married though i think some odyssey parents would be upset with that <laughs> that's that's very possible like an episode about singleness but yeah we'll see. we'll see yeah we'll see where it goes that wraps it up we'll get back to normal episodes soon the february news roundup is coming with the jacobs report
Dun dun dun. I can't do the sound. Anyway, I'm Will. I'm John. We'll see you next time.